podcast. If you're not listening to podcast, the terrorists are winning. That's what Jay Moore says. Welcome to the podcast. Sit down and enjoy a pint. Okay, welcome to the Ghostbusters episode of the podcast. I've been putting off doing this movie for a while, but with the new sequel coming out in November, uh, it seemed like a good time to revisit this 80s classic. Allison and Eric join me to break down this movie, written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis. And Ghostbusters remains one of the highest grossing movies of all time, adjusted for inflation. And uh, the three of us thought it still holds up. While Bill Murray obviously steals the show, uh, we came to an agreement that this may be Dan Aykroyd at the peak of his powers, the uh, peak of his comedic powers in movies at least. He's at his most Dan Aykroydness in Ghostbusters, which makes sense as his obsession with ghosts and the paranormal is well documented. Anyway, here we go with the breakdown of Ghostbusters. Ghosts. Hello, Ghostbusters. They're real. You do? You have? They're here. Ghostbusters. Hey, anybody see a ghost? They catch the ghost that won't stay dead. They're armed. Dangerous. Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. All right, that's bad. Okay, all right, important safety tip. Thanks, Egon. They're professionals. Oh, I'm the chairman of the largest paranormal removal company in America. Did you see it? They're all that stands between you and the end of the world. The city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. Real wrath of God type stuff. Fire and brimstone coming down from the sky. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Your girlfriend lives in the corner penthouse of Spook Central. You want this body? Is this a trick question? Stick. Starring Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis. Coming to save the world. Ghostbusters. We came, we saw, we kicked it. All right, Ghostbusters, 1984. This, I think, is officially the shortest no-nonsense plot we've ever had. Okay. It's as close as I can't imagine something being shorter than this. Three former parapsychology professors set up shop as a unique ghost removal service. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's as dry as you get. Yep. Didn't yep. Say anything the, about there is not an extra word in saving there. the world or fighting or fighting ghosts at all. They're just a ghost removal. Ghost removal service. That's it. The end. I think they also attempted to use the least number of letters. So, like, using the word shop versus... Set up shop (laughs) as a unique ghost removal service. Yeah. Um, This is sort of... 
the beginning of our sweet spot of good 80s movies. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch. 80, yeah, 80. Yeah. We always talk about 1984 being the yeah. year. Yeah. I'm not going to go through the list necessarily because we've covered a lot of these, but uh, when I get to the top 10, you'll, you'll yeah. see. Um, <clears throat> but this is one. Of, uh, I'm trying to think. Other than Star Wars. Yeah. I th- uh, even including Raiders of the Lost Ark, I think th- this is the first big sort of summer movie, like cultural phenomenon that I can remember because it was everywhere and people had the Ghostbuster shirts. The song was on the radio. It, everyone knew the quotes, at least in my school. Uh, it seemed like it was everywhere and i think that's the first movie i remember like that other than star wars am i wrong i think the only other one that had that kind of an impact but it's it didn't have there were no like action figures or breakfast cereal or anything like that which is what ghostbusters definitely had but i think of like jaws i knew say jaws yeah where When you think about like right. summer movies, blockbusters, it was everywhere. Everybody was talking about it. They had T-shirts. They had you know posters up. They were reading the book. Like the right. while it wasn't like a a pop music, like the music was like it became everywhere. Yeah. You know, but I'll give you. It jobs. didn't have like the, the because it wasn't geared towards family. It missed out on like a and level of merchandising or or whatever that that star wars could tap into where i think our or my bias comes in is this was big in our age group because of it was geared toward our age group jaws not necessarily i mean it was i guess but it was um probably a little more older and i didn't have the lunch boxes and stuff you know so i don't know Eric, what do you remember about when uh, Jaws, when uh, uh, Ghostbusters came out? Um, yeah, I re- first time I saw it was at a f- friend's house. Uh, let's see, eighty four. So I was summer of eighty four. I was seven. Wow. Um. Yeah, I remember. I just remember it being everywhere. Like I'm sure it was well over two or three years later sure until i finally saw it but um and we never got to go to the movies or anything but i just i just absolutely remember you know having no chance of seeing it or anything i just it was definitely on my radar, Eric, even at that age. Yeah, Eric, everybody knew about it. Yeah, Eric, didn't you have like a softball T-shirt with the Ghostbusters logo on the front? I did, and that would have been. <laughs> I will say, I was in third grade when I had that T-shirt. Oh, so, so that been, much later, like with like the, yeah. the red striped arms. It w- no, red, it was like um, the blue sl- three-quarter sleeves yeah. and the white body. Yeah. There was no. St- that's right. right, but the the arms were blue. Yes, the blue collar. Yeah, the arms yes. were blue, and I think it said go. One of the sleeves actually said Ghostbusters yeah. down the side. Yeah, and then on the front had it was had the logo. That's great. But yeah, so that was like 
well over a year, probably closer to two years after the movie came out that that was like, that was, I had that shirt and you wore it. it a lot. Was, <laughs> I wore it a lot. And it, cause it was the shit. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone wore it. Everyone had a shirt. Yeah, it was great. Uh, the, fun fact or, uh, not, not so fun, but it was just a fact. Yeah. Uh, this is one of two movies my dad took us to. Oh. Ever. Uh, Superman <laughs> was the first one. Yes. And Ghostbusters. Wow. He doesn't, he's not a movie theater guy. He doesn't like going to the theater for some reason. Interesting. But those are the two movies. <laughs> wow. Why did I think um, Empire Strikes Back was on that short no, list? I, I definitely saw it in the theater, but not, not, it was my mom taking us in on a... Yeah. Two o'clock on a Wednesday or something, yeah, you know. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, okay, this we detailed a lot of this in the Spies Like Us uh, episode, written by Dan Aykroyd. Uh, Harold Ramis helped out, sort of rewriting it, I think. But uh, this is one of Dan Aykroyd's uh getting into the weeds obsession with the paranormal and ghosts yeah. and i mean i think he does aliens too but ghosts for sure uh he wrote this story this script uh after living in a house that was allegedly haunted by the ghost of cass elliot oh no after <laughs> wow i think he's too old for that or <laughs> Uh, inspired writing scripts after living in yeah okay living in a uh, a haunted house that was haunted by Cass Elliot great uh, Mama Cass um, so the original title for the film was Ghost Smashers That's... doesn't quite have the the ring no 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 I would say and it's possible we talked about this during Spies Like Us but of course you almost never I almost never remember what we talked about on yeah, a prior no. um podcast off. but watching it again this last time I'm like this is the Dan Aykroyd Aykroydiest movie of all of Dan Aykroyd's movies it's got all of his little like gags, like physical, like right. acting gags and lines. It's the subject matter. It's right up there. It, I can't mm. think of another one. If I kind of think through his list, I don't think there's another one that touches it. Coneheads? No, I don't even <laughs> think so. No, because this is, par- this is paranormal. I know. Paranormal. Well, but it's, it's the, um, you know, it's him rounding the corner like he's about to tip over. He does it's that. Like, he does that Flintstone <laughs> Three Stooges move three times in the movie. I know, with his arms out, yeah. he he's making crazy faces, yeah. Yeah. and um, it's there's the sarcasm. Yeah. There's it is the quintessential Dan Aykroyd movie. I think you're definitely right. I'm just trying to figure out: is there anything else in contention? And probably not. Spies like us, maybe. I, <clears throat> I mean, you could say like he's played certain characters that like he loves a good Chicago yeah. thing. So you can say like is Blues Brothers, you know, like that. But yeah, no. When you think about Dan Aykroyd comedy and writing and the physicality of it, this is his movie. Yeah. Uh, one thing when I was watching it, I noticed I don't 
often think of Ghostbusters, the original, as an 80s movie. It's got a lot of 80s-ness to it. Oh, yes. In particular, Dana's apartment. When we see that for the first time and then the second time, it is so pastel. pastel (laughs) And it is so 80s. Yeah. I always forget that. And it stood out this time. Yeah. I would agree. I think the other thing that I noticed and I started, I started counting at one point and then I'm like, I, whatever. And then whatever, but wow. the amount of product placement in oh, this yeah. movie yeah. is insane. Yeah. It is every scene. Yeah. There is something there. Yeah. Uh, this was, I'm going to, some of this stuff is going to be trivia. So we're just going to have to deal with that and we'll get to that part later. But um, this was the highest grossing comedy of all time until Home Alone in 1990. And adjusted for inflation, this would have been or would be the 32nd highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah. Wow. That's a monster. That's yeah. big. When you kind of think about what's up top, you've got most of the Star Wars, you got like Avatar, Titanic, like you start like checking off a handful of movies and then that fills up your top 20 pretty quick. And then Mm -hmm. this is right there. Real quick. Like all the Star Wars, all well, the one Avatar, but uh, all the Marvels are within shouting distance. I don't know. Uh, so all the the big tentpole franchise movies are in there, right? Um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. This little dopey comedy comes in and <laughs> is in the thirty second place. Ghost Smashers. Yeah. Uh, so speaking, this was you know back to the cultural phenomenon thing and, and the song, the song. <laughs> According to this stupid magazine, uh, Ray Parker tried to and i think did create the song for the movie over two days instead of weeks or months it was like a weekend basically uh at 4 30 a.m he saw a commercial for for a drain company um that reminded him of a scene from the film and the, one of the the little lines in the the commercial was who are you gonna call oh so that he spiraled yeah. off of that yeah. into uh, the Ghostbusters thing. That's good. And I do have a thing speaking of the song. Uh, Huey Lewis and the News turned down an offer to write and record the theme song. Oh. <laughs> they were going to do the song. Uh, and later on, they sued Ray Parker Jr. Uh, for plagiarism, citing there were similarities between his song and their earlier hit, I Want a New Drug. It was not successful. The judge threw it out, but they thought it was close enough that they, I, they sued him. I, I mean, I'm trying to think of that Huey song Lewis. and what would be close enough in <laughs> not, that song that would... It's not even close. It's, it, I mean, it sounds like sour grapes is what it sounds like, that yeah. they kind of regretted their decision to... Yeah. We, we said no and you yeah. did this and all of a sudden it's a huge hit. Yeah. yeah. Well, then they got back to the future, and I'm sure they were fine. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Let's do the Rotten Tomato score first. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. So what was the audience score for Rotten Tomatoes for Ghostbusters? I will, I'll say 85. Ooh, really? I was going to say 94. That's what you're going with? Yeah, 94. The audience score was 97%. Wow. Mm-hmm. Everyone Good. loved it. How about the critics? What did the critics think of this blockbuster movie? Um, I'm going to say 86. I'm going to say it got some accolades at the time for some mm-hmm. of the special mm-hmm. effects. Mm-hmm. And the, I think they'll think <coughs> it was a good popcorn movie, but it is not a... Like a Eric, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll say I'll 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 say eighty three, eighty three. The critics gave it an eighty eight. No, oh. so high scores all around. Audience nine points higher than the critics. All that seems reasonable. Yeah, there's no like big. <laughs> This one actually followed our normal logic that the audience score was higher than the critic score. Finally. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Top 10 for 1984. Ghostbusters, 220 million. That was number one? Just under 221. Yep. Then Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Mm -hmm. 179. Gremlins, third, 148. And Gremlins, it's not the third one. It is the original Gremlins. Yeah. Is no There's three. no Gremlins 3. It feels <laughs> like there should be. Uh, the Karate Kid, Ooh. 90 million. And fourth, Police Academy. <laughs> wow. That's a... That, I um, mean, that was a big movie then. I, I definitely remember that. Footloose yeah. number six, wow. 80 million. Beverly, Beverly Hills Cop, the original, 77 million. Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, seventy-six million at eight. Uh, Terms of Endearment, seventy-four million, number nine. And a special one for this podcast: Romancing the Stone. Oh, <laughs> number ten, seventy-four million. For those who don't know, Romancing the Stone is the movie I first thought of. Uh, sort of obsessing about and coming up with names for recasting it with current movie stars. Yeah. And that's a movie we should do at some point. We should definitely do that. That is quite a year. I know that we have talked about this year. It's good, but it's, it was a big, it's a big year. It's a big year. There's tons. The thing with these lists of just the top 10 grossing movies there's tons of great movies that weren't top grocers. They're like right. in the 30s or 20s right. or whatever. Right. Uh, and 84 is one of those years where they, there's big time movies in this year that didn't even get big time numbers. So, yeah. okay. Trivia The white ghost in the Ghostbusters logo has a name. Its name is or was Moogly, apparently. Moogly. According to Dan Aykroyd, I believe. Right. Yeah. Whatever. It's not like mm. oogly. <laughs> boo. Yeah, you think it'd be Boo or Casper or something dopey. 
John Belushi was an an inspiration behind the character of Slimer, at least his physical yeah. and yeah. mannerisms. Uh, and we can get into this when we get into uh, uh, the, the you know who was almost cast and stuff. But uh, it's well known that the Bill Murray part of Venkman was written for John Belushi, but he right. died during the writing of the film or just after. Excuse me. <clears throat> uh, almost none of the scenes were filmed as scripted. Most had at least one ad lib, and most of Bill Murray's lines are ad libs. Interesting. That's every Bill Murray movie. Yeah, I, it kind of. That, there's no surprise there whatsoever. Uh, uh, all right, I'm going to spoil some of these uh, casting things. A lot of the, so I've there's a lot of little stupid trivia that's not all that interesting, and a lot of it has to do with casting. So I'm going to sprinkle in some casting stuff, but we'll get to the rest of the casting later. Um, yeah, I think a but, lot of what I saw that it was a lot on like what lines were improvised. Yeah, so, so your point. So like the you look like a game show host was right. improvised by Sigourney Weaver and yeah, you know. like the, it was supposed to be you look like a, a used car salesman or something, yeah. right? Um, so I'm not, not going to go too deep into trivia, but I got a few things here. Uh, so if, uh, and, we'll just get into it. Uh, the character of Winston was meant to have joined the team much earlier, and the original script uh, had him getting slimed at the hotel, uh, and it was written for Eddie Murphy, but he declined the role. And then when he said no, they rewrote it to have that character come in much later because there was no star appeal with Eddie Murphy. Okay, so so far the casting would have included... I, I'll just do that right now. Uh, I'll do... What the movie was originally written for, or who was written okay. for. The original lineup was uh, Venkman was John Belushi. Right. Ray Stance was always Dan Aykroyd because he right. wrote it. Egon Spengler. I didn't have an original name for that. Uh, I don't think they had an original person that they wrote the, the uh, role for. Unless you did. Yeah. I remember, I just remember reading something that a that Harold Ramis yeah. like decided it's I'm going to play it because I right. think I'm the best person for it. I think it. that happened like in the rewrites as you know, Harold Ramis was brought in and during that time he sort of came to that conclusion, but Aykroyd didn't write the part with somebody in mind. I don't believe. Right. Yeah. Uh, Winston Zeddemore was supposed to be Eddie Murphy, Dana Barrett. I didn't see anybody written for that or, uh, Okay. Anybody who was in mind when they wrote it. Uh, Lewis Tully was supposed to be John Candy. Right. Opposite physical type, which is fantastic. Right. Uh, yeah. Janine Melnitz, I didn't see a name there. And I think the best one that didn't happen, that sh- really should have happened, is Gozer was supposed to be Paul Rubens. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, so <laughs> I did see that too. That'd that would be fantastic. That really... That's the top. Yeah, right that's there. good. That, yeah, make that happen. Right. Somehow that has to happen. And I wish it would be in the Pee Wee suit. Yeah, oh yeah, and Pee Wee voice. I want yeah. the Pee Wee voice yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I I think if I remember reading it right, they said that he was supposed to take the form of the guy that was essentially the architect of the building, and right. that was started that whole cult. He right. was. It was in that person's body. Right. Yep. 
so while we're here, I'll do, I might as well just do the casting issues on who is considered or turned it down or almost cast. And we'll just get that out of the way. Uh, so for Venkman, written for John Belushi, turned down by Michael Keaton, Chevy Chase, and Steve Gutenberg. It's so funny you bring up Steve Gutenberg. I ha- was just thinking about him the other day. Like, I, I we, never really enjoyed him as an actor. We like, just saw Cahoon. Yeah, I, I, right. Oh, that's why I was thinking about yeah. him. I'm like, he's it was on TV. TV. <laughs> like, I'm not. He's not my guy. I like, I didn't. I didn't get him ever. Police Academy, and then Three Men and a Baby. Right. And it was over. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so those short people, circuit. Short circuit. Little <laughs> bitch. Uh, so those people turned it down. People who may have been considered included Richard Pryor, which I thought was interesting. Ooh. Tom Hanks and Robin Williams. Wow. I don't know. There's a lot of big names rolling around. It's all in, over the place. In this. I could. Yeah. So anyway, uh, race dance was always Aykroyd. So move on. Right. Spangler, there was nobody written or wasn't written for anybody in particular, but people considered were Christopher Walken. (laughs) That would have been kind of funny. 84 Christopher Walken. Oh, yeah. Uh, John Lithgow, Christopher Lloyd. That would have been good, I think. Uh, And Jeff Goldblum. (laughs) Yeah. I, I just I, I'm thinking of Jeff Goldblum now, who is completely no, yeah, um, goofy versus like '84 Jeff Goldblum. Oh, I like of, Jeff Goldblum now better. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's yeah. why. That's why I kind of reacted that way. Yeah. It would be hilarious yeah. versus like the fly version of no, Jeff Goldblum. Doesn't work. Yeah, uh, Winston Zeddemore was supposed to be Eddie Murphy. Uh, the only one I saw that was considered was Gregory Hines. Oh. So, I don't know. Hmm. Dana Barrett. Tap dance across every... Oh, my God. I love these tap dancing. (laughs) 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 He's just making tap sounds, and it makes the ghost, like, roll over. He's tapping, and he says, like, uh, uh, that'd be a big Twinkie. Right. Yeah. Uh, So, Dana Barrett... No name associated, but the only one I saw who at least auditioned for it was Julia Roberts. Oh, really? Huh. I don't know. Sounds like a very young Julia Roberts, 84? Yeah, Mystic Pizza Julia Roberts, basically. Wow. Uh, Louis Tully, the only one I saw was John Candy, and then it went to uh, Harold Ramis. To who? Rick Moranis. Rick Rick Moranis. (laughs) Moranis, Ramis, tomato, tomato. Uh, Slightly different height. <laughs> Janine Melnitz. I didn't see anybody, but considered was Sandra Bernhardt. Oh, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, uh, you can. That character is just New York. Yeah. You need a New York mm-hmm. woman in that that character. Uh, and then Gozer is Paul Rubens. Yeah. So there you go. God, that would have been so good. I know. Uh, okay, Winston. <clears throat> the terror dogs, the terror dogs, the hellhounds, or whatever uh, that came to life were actual statue designs on an old church in Philadelphia. 
Uh, Gozer's final form was described as David Bowie meets Grace Jones. I think they mission accomplished. accomplished. It yeah. definitely shows in the, in the movie. Yeah. I think they got they captured that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we talked about the grossing. Uh, I like Grace Jones getting multiple mentions throughout the podcast. Yeah, she's like a sneaky little attachment (laughs) to every little episode we do. Dan Aykroyd, his original version of the movie was, I don't think it was a comedy and it was much darker. Uh, I haven't, there's that sort of description of the script comes up throughout if you do some research on it. It was a different movie. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't spend a ton of time looking at it but i I did see like right but i did see something along the lines of it was written for an adult audience and they decided to make it more family friendly and so like they changed everything from the logo to just some of the the jokes and Mm -hmm. everything and the ghosts themselves were different yeah uh in the original version of the script, uh, it began with the Ectomobile flying out of Ghostbusters HQ into a, you know, into an adventure or a, a job, basically. Ivan Reitman suggested it would be better to show the t- how the team got together and get everything, hmm. you know, back, the backstory essentially. Um, I think that worked. Yeah. In the original rough draft of the movie, the story was going to take place in the future. And teams of Ghostbusters would exist everywhere, like paramedics or firefighters, thus them being in the fire, the firehouse uh, oh, uh, motif. Oh, interesting. Um, according to Reitman, such a film would cost at least $300 million <laughs> um, and $84. Oh, my God. Uh, and so that's when they brought in Harold Ramis to rewrite it and bring it down a notch. Yeah. Like, this is not some expansive, futuristic, you know, all sorts of teams of ghostbusters all over the place fighting you know no, no this yeah. is a smaller story did you happen to catch what it how much it costs to make the movie yeah so uh ghostbusters made 200 just under 221 million and it cost the budget was 30 million dollars okay so 30 million that includes all sorts of uh, uh product placement apparently so yeah they, they offset some of that um Michael Ensign, E-N-S-I-G-N, Ensign, Ensign. I don't know his name off the top of my head or his, that actor by name. Uh, he originally read for the part of Walter Peck. But when he didn't get it, he took the consolation prize of playing the manager at the Sedgwick Hotel in the beginning. So he's the nerdy manager. Oh, oh that's good. Yeah. Um. And then in this movie, you have both actors, William Atherton as Walter Peck and Reginald Vell Johnson, who's one of the cops at the jail at the end when they're in jail. He's one of the cops there. Those two played against each other again or with each other in Die Hard. Oh. As the cop in uh, The Asshole. I did see something since we're talking about William Atherton that I thought was hilarious. He's great, by the way. So after the movie, like people hated him. Yeah. And so he would be walking down the street, like in New York, people would try to pick fights with him at bars and all this stuff. He's like 
school buses would go by and kids <laughs> would yell out, hey, dickless, and like all of this stuff. He's like, it was <laughs> absolutely terrible. He people like he played the part so well that people just were like, all right, he's Walter Peck. So in the pantheon of 80s assholes, yeah. he's up there, <laughs> Ed Rooney. Uh, oh yeah, the, the yeah. actor yeah. that plays Ed Rooney. Yeah, he's in there. Yeah, and so is uh, uh, what's his name, uh, William Zabka, uh, the bad guy in uh, Karate Kid, the blonde kid, Johnny oh. Lawrence, <laughs> jo- Joey Lawrence, John Lawrence. Uh, oh my god, th- those are your '80s assholes, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Atherton's awesome. Uh, I, I would put of, of those three, I would put him at the top. I think Absolutely. so. Absolutely. Because he doubles down in Die Hard. Yep. He's just as... And real genius. <laughs> real genius! <laughs> I knew there was another one. Yes. Yes. Oh, that movie. All right. We talked about the potential casting and uh, other casting issues. So now let's get into our own casting issues with a recasting debate. It is recast or bait. Better close the door. It's time to recastrobate. I had some trouble with this. <laughs> uh, so here's who we are discussing. It's a an extensive list compared to most movies. Right. But it is Peter Venkman, Ray Stans, Egon Spengler, Dara, oh, Dana Bar- Barrett, Dana Barrett, uh, Lewis Tully, Janine Melnitz, Walter Peck, Winston Zeddemore, and Gozer. Okay. That is nine. Yep. Nine times. We got it. Now, uh, <laughs> I, I don't stand by most of my choices. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, if I hear a better one, I'm going to flip to someone else's and double down on Okay. Theirs. You know, endorse somebody else. I feel like there's a few of mine. I would be shocked if you guys don't have the same ones. Yeah. So I'm considering working backwards, doing this the smaller characters to the bigger characters. Whatever you want to do. All right. Ones. Yeah, that's fine. Let's change it up. Let's do something weird. Um. So to that end, let's go with Gozer. Okay. <laughs> I had three that were easy. <laughs> I had one and one name only, and I thought of it immediately. I have one. I really have one. I, I thought of it during the movie. Yeah. Uh, but I've, I have. I've, yeah. I got two, and I got to imagine that one of them, all three of us has. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the name. We'll get there in a second. Uh, my number three is Elizabeth Debicki. Oh, yeah. From yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. Uh, yeah. Tenet. Yeah. Um, yep. Easy. Yeah. Man from Uncle. Yeah. I think my uh, my number one, just to appease the studio heads, is Angelina Jolie. <laughs> you have no budget. I have no budget. No. 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 This is cameo. Unlimited. unlimited no uh, limits. This is cameo of Angelina Jolie, and I'm going to dub her voice as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But my number one is yeah. Tilda Swinton. 
Oh. Of course. <laughs> of course. Of course, Eric. Of course. Of course, that's the answer. Oh, that it's the only answer. The answer. It's the only answer. There's no other answer. Oh my gosh. Eric has Tilda as well. Did you have any, a backup or no? My backup is Lady Gaga. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hilarious. I had Ruby Rose. that's perfectly fine too yeah that's very that's perfectly acceptable (laughs) it's perfectly acceptable (laughs) I think the answer is besides Tilda none of us said Grace Jones (laughs) 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 we could have done that one oh my god that's amazing Uh, okay Al, why don't you go with your Winston Zeddemore? Okay. So <coughs> I'm going to mispronounce his name, I think, but it's Lamor- John Smith. No. no. Lamorne Morris, who is Winston from New Girl, which I love that it was the oh. name Winston, but. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. He, so he'd be playing a second character named Winston. Yeah. I've got Aziz Ansari. Mm. As a totally different Winston. Okay. And then my number one is Hannibal Burris. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. Uh, Eric, give us a Winston. Um, <clears throat> I got a couple that, um, I don't know. I'm not too, too excited about. Um, I have... Uh, Lakeith Stansfield. Mm. Oh, yeah. I do like him. And I have <laughs> Terry Crews. Oh, I had him and I took him off my list. Yep. <laughs> I think I like the Terry Crews one best so far. Uh, I have two, but Winston, uh, there's, He's got a, s- a couple sneaky, funny lines, but he's he's b- like barely in the movie. Mm-hmm. It could almost be anybody. Um, my number two is Jordan Peele. Oh, that's actually funny. Well, my number yeah. one that I like uh, was Keenan Thompson. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, don't, you don't have to have a funny guy in this part. It, it could right. definitely be anybody. Right, really. right. So. Keenan Thompson. All right. This is the one I had the most trouble with for some reason, and it's Walter Peck. Uh, yes. So, Eric, give us a Walter Peck. Um, I've got three names. <clears throat> um, one of them, I don't know. I, I feel like we use him a lot, but at the same time, I think he works for this particular part. Uh, Michael Shannon. Oh, shit. That's good. Um, Another name I have uh, is Joel McHale. That's who I had, Eric. That he was my number oh. one. He was my number one. Yeah, I like that. I think I like that one. And then the third name that I have is uh, Timothy Simons. Yeah, aka Jonah Ryan. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's actually really Ooh. good. That's really good. Those are two really good ones. I think those guys are, they're neck and neck. Yeah. Oh my God. That's good. All right. I could not think of anything. So my answer is 
I'm recasting William Atherton for this, this role. Oh. <laughs> Age yes. 73, you're playing right. it again. Sorry. Right. Uh, the backup one, I thought just as we were getting ready for this podcast, I thought of it. Um, he's my default guy for really any, most roles. Uh, it's Paul Giamatti. Oh, yeah. But I like yeah. all of Eric's yeah. and yours yeah. better than mine already. The so. the only other one that I had, so Joel, I only had two for this. <clears throat> Joel McHale was like with a bullet to the top of my list. Mm-hmm. But the other person I've got is Anna Camp. Who is that? From She was in Pitch Perfect. She was in... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she's She was in, oh, um, True Blood... And um, I'll have to look her up. I don't know. Blonde hair. She plays kind of the serious. She's the chick that puked all over the place at the beginning of oh, Pitch yeah. Perfect. Yeah, uh, yeah, sort of yeah, a yeah, uh, yeah. A, a Karen in tr- uh, yeah, yeah, running the EPA. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, so, yeah. Speaking of that, I imposed a rule on myself for this recasting uh, situation because the essentially the gender swap version exists. I didn't gender swap anybody. I don't think in this, mm. um, uh, it kind of already happened. Um, yeah. So I've limited myself to staying within type. All right. That said, I, there is some creativity here and there. Uh, <laughs> Janine Melnitz. All right, I'll, I'll throw mine down. Okay, my real answer is I want Time Machine Rosie Perez. Oh, I want to bring her back from 1984, <laughs> yeah. five, six. That's yeah. the one I want to play, Janine, or yeah. maybe even 1994, Rosie Perez. Uh, but since we can't, fly girl, do the right thing, Rosie Perez. Yeah, yeah. like. White men can't jump. Yeah, yeah, perfect. I want New York attitude with a Puerto Rican twist. Yeah. Uh, But instead of that, or in spite of that, I went with Aubrey Plaza. Oh, she was on my list. (laughs) Yeah. That's good. And that's all you got. Yep. So I had had Aubrey Plaza. I have Michelle Wolf. Oh, yeah. And then... The number one that I want is Tiffany Haddish answering that phone. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. I want her answering that phone for sure. That's what I mean. I mean, I don't know where she's from, but New York attitude. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's actually from yeah. like New Orleans or something like that. Yeah, but, but could pull it off. Yeah. Absolutely. Eric? Um, I got two names. One I really like, one not so much. Uh, the, one, the one I'm not too sure about, uh, Beanie Feldstein. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and then uh, the number one that I thought would, that I liked was Aquafina. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's, that's good really too. good. <clears throat> wow. Yeah, that's good. We... We cast a wide swath in yeah. uh, Janine. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I like that we cast it not on voice, but on attitude. Yeah. Like that's yeah. perfect. Yeah. That, 
Because I think people get caught up in the voice. <clears throat> no, that role is all attitude, yeah. I think. Uh, I also like <laughs> like to think of Tiffany Haddish in that scene with the um, with Egon, where she's trying to make small talk. Yeah, yeah. When he's trying to plug in the computer or whatever. Yeah, yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. Um, Lewis Tully. Oh. This was my hardest one. I want... Al, you to start. Okay. I think there is only one answer yeah. to this. But I have one answer. <laughs> I have, I, I had three, and they're all slightly different variations. I think the one, my number one is probably the one that we all have. So hold off on that one. I feel like we should just all say it at the same time because we're all going to have it. One, two, three. Charlie Day. Charlie oh. Day. Oh, I don't have him on <laughs> it's here. It's Charlie Day, and, it, and it is. there is nobody else in line for this part. It is. It is. That is completely, that is the correct answer. All right. Al, what, what do you have so, to <laughs> Three different versions of roughly the same person. I want Pete Davidson to do <laughs> that character where he's like standing off to the side and he like hardly says anything and it's just awkwardness yeah. on SNL. Yeah. Rain Wilson. Oh, okay. okay. And then my number one was Jim Parsons. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Charlie Day. So How did I miss that one? Eric had Charlie Day. I had Charlie Day. I put down a second place just to have somebody, but th- this is not, there's no competition. Uh, my second guy would be Seth Green. I was just going oh. for small, squirrely little yeah. actor. So, yeah. I don't know. All right. Dana Barrett. Dana Barrett, who sleeps four feet above her sheets. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. uh, Eric, give us a Dana. Um, I got two names. Um, Tessa Thompson. Oh, yeah. And Gal Gadot. That's I who I got to. I considered Gal Gadot, but I, I, I took her off my list. Yeah. I actually wrote her down and I scratched her out. Um, that's good. Tessa Thompson is a podcast favorite. She came yeah. up a lot. I too. like her a lot. Yeah. 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 Uh, you could, I, yeah I'm, I'd put her almost in anything. Yeah. So replacing Gal Gadot, I had Anne Hathaway. I don't love it, oh, but I didn't. I, yeah. I wanted to take Gal Gadot off. Uh, my number two is Jessica Biel, mm. and my number one comes up a lot for me. It's Rachel McAdams. Oh, you that's, do like to catch? That's her. my yeah. Dana Barrett. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. I had Gal Gadot. I also had Blake Lively. And like the one that I kind of like the most, though, is uh, Janelle Monet. Uh, who's that? What, what is she in? She's a singer. She was in um, Hidden Figures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I like <clears throat> her as the musician um, yeah. character. Yep. All right. Now we're getting to the interesting part. The three... Musketeers, as it were. Egon Spengler. Um, I'll go first. I only have two. I really only have one. I put a second one there. Um, 
my number two is Richard Ayoade. Uh, he's a British comedic actor, comedian. You've seen him out on those, like a the Travel Man or Gadget Man videos. I've been, I watched on YouTube. You've seen him. If you saw a picture, you'd know. Him. Okay. Um, he's played nerdy before. And okay. He's funny and it works. All right. Um, <laughs> my number one. I surprised myself with this one. Uh, I don't know that it's so great, but it's not my usual go-to. Okay. Number one, Egon, Adam Driver. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I was not expecting that. No. I was not I expecting either. that at all. Nope. Interesting. Yeah. Neither was my casting director. Oh, I like that. <laughs> That's all I got. Who's yeah. got, who's got right. next? So, I've... I've got Danny Pudi, who mm. is in from Community. Yeah. Nelson Franklin from Veep, who plays the intern guy with the senator who just gets berated oh, all the time. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. That's a great one. And then number one for me is Max Greenfield. Who is that? Girl. Good. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Schmidt. Good. Which I, it turns out, by the way, Nelson Franklin you have is two new, new girls. There, he's also a yeah, new girl, but I thought of him from Veep as like tall, kind of lanky, awkward guy. Yeah. You also had the the black guy from uh, Yeah, uh, I know. New girl, right? I know. Yeah. yeah. Winston. 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 There you go. Uh, all right, Eric, give us an Egon. Uh, I have two names. Um, Kumail Nanjiani mm. and Simon Peck. Oh, yeah. I had him on my list, but somewhere else. But he got bumped. Yeah. Simon Peck is good. That's good, though. This is. I didn't have him for Egon, but I, I kind of like that. This is one of those movies where I didn't. I usually try to stick in that in the age range. This is a movie. Any character can be any age. I don't think it matters really at all. I mean, yeah. if they're in their seventies, yeah. maybe it doesn't make sense. But uh, my Walter Peck, I'm recasting William Atherton, so <laughs> who cares? Uh, Ray stands the Dan Aykroyd character. Mm-hmm. Yes, <sighs> I have two. Okay, my first one. I had it like that. Yeah. Easy. Nothing. Yeah. Don't even think about it. Done. Then it, finding somebody else that I liked, I thought was hard. So, but I did find one. My number two that I like the more I think about it. Okay. He, he could surpass number one, but I don't think he will. Uh, number two would be Michael Sarah. Oh. <laughs> hmm. I don't know if it. Yeah. He doesn't do what Dan Aykroyd does, but no. I think he can do that part. Yeah. And then my number one, because he can do what Dan Aykroyd does, I think, is Jason Sudeikis. Oh, yeah, that's good. Okay. That's good. So I, I've got Will Forte. Oh, shit. Oh, that's good. I could have considered him for a number of places. I've, I forgot about him. I've got, I'm going to butcher her name, Mayim Bialik. 
<laughs> yeah. And then my number one is Adam Devine. Devine. Oh, Devine. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Who I feel has the physicality yeah. of Dan Aykroyd yeah. for sure. Yeah. And I think could pull mm-hmm. off the... Uh, yeah, I always all forget, of it. I don't. Th- I never think about that guy either. All right, Eric, give us a ray. I, I'm not a big. I'm not a big fan of any of my <laughs> ray choices. <laughs> I, was, yeah, I guess I was. I was trying to think of actors that not necessarily <clears throat> even the physicality so much as like the line delivery, like, um, yeah, like the long, like sort of like technical speech, yeah. Or that I guess that's kind of what I was going for, uh, but even then I don't even know how well these really fit into that. Um, in no particular order, um, Brendan Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Um, I was not expecting that. Whoa! I was not yeah. expecting that. Was not expecting um, that. Whoa! Jason Schwartzman. Oh, uh, that's good. I ha- almost had him in three different places. That's really okay. good. And then um, Sam Richardson, uh, oh. also also uh, known as Richard Splett from oh. Veep. <laughs> <laughs> he he is oh that he's in good. this movie somewhere. Yeah, he definitely is. He could be Egon. He could be Ray. Oh, Eric, Ooh. that like, was a like, good pull. I like yeah. him as Egon almost. Even yeah. Better. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Damn. Oh, that's, that's good. good. We're sourcing uh, Veep this time. We are. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about Veep this time. Veep is our farm team. Okay. Peter Venkman. Veep and New Girl. New yep. Girl, that's right. Uh, so this was supposed to be John Belushi. They thankfully skipped over Jim Belushi and went to uh, Bill Murray. I think we all have one person that will be amongst our three. Interesting. I'm pretty confident about that. Oh. Uh, hmm. That that person's my number one. Okay. So my number three, I have him in here. I don't like it though. Interesting. My number three is Adam Sandler. Oh. He's on, he's on my list. I, is he really? He, mm-hmm. my, I am hesitant because it then becomes an Adam Sandler movie, and then it's yeah. a different. I'm afraid of right. his influence on the whole operation. Yeah. <laughs> if he's just do, if he's just playing the part, fine. Right, he's fine. Well, is Rob Schneider then like uh, See, Lewis? Everything. <laughs> yeah. David Spade is Egon. The right. whole thing spirals. <laughs> so. I don't know about that. Oh my god! Uh, number two, I don't like this guy, but he's a. I like this guy. I don't like him in this part, but he is a sort of a, a blurry copy of my number one. So okay. I put him in there. <clears throat> number two, Chris Pratt. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, okay. My number one, I I would be shocked if they're not it. You guys don't have them somewhere or consider them in the four spot. Uh, Ryan Reynolds. I think he's, he hits the bill. He's also on my list. Yeah. Oh, I do not have him. With the sarcasm and the attitude and the smarminess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I don't think he is, he does a Bill Murray 
feel, but he does that. He, he can execute those lines. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I, you didn't hit any of mine. Not yours, but I, I, I nailed Eric's, at least one of them. So Two of mine. Two of them. Oh, really? Right, Sandler and... Yeah, I had Sandler, I had Sandler and I had Ryan Reynolds. And who else did you have? Yeah, um, I got two other names. Ooh. All, all. I got four people. All of them are kind of like Bill Murray. It's not. It's <laughs> Ghostbusters. It's kind of Bill Murray being that Bill Murray type. Yeah. So I hit all four of mine are actors that kind of always are just like Adam Sandler's always Adam Sandler. Ryan Reynolds pretty much always yeah. Ryan Reynolds. Like and, versions of themselves. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so my other two then that also fit into that are Vince Vaughn. Oh. <laughs> and then... That's good. That would work. And then uh, my number one choice, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Oh. Oh. He's breaking free from Tony Stark. Tony Stark, a.k.a. Peter Venkman. Oh, my God. That's, those, are, those are good. Those yeah. are good. Yeah. Also have not hit any of mine yet. Wow. Yeah. We threw out seven wow. names so far. Yeah. I can't believe we didn't hit your point years yet. I've got Taryn Killam. <laughs> yeah. I did think of him for sure. Andy Samberg. Hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's good. I almost put him in the Ray Stance camp, but I like it. Yeah. And my number one. Because I source new girl, it's Jake Johnson. <laughs> wow, <laughs> this is this is the cast but, place. But what? But what's interesting though is like I how I got there for them were completely different. I like I had Jake Johnson before I really did my homework. I it was know. just I'm like, oh, he's Peter Venkman for sure. This is the cast replacement, though. Yeah. This is. I mean, you've got. Uh, you got to put uh, what's her name in for uh, Dana, Dana Barrett. Yeah, yeah. New, Zoe, new girl Zoe yeah. Deschanel, and for because <laughs> that would work in in, yeah. in that world. Well, or and then CC. you can put in what's yeah. his name too. Um, whatever uh, Wayans, yeah, coach. Yeah, coach. Oh my god! Yeah, and it honestly, a swap uh, for. Gozer, I still want to cast Paul Rubens. So let's yeah. just go back to that. <laughs> yeah. Let's just keep him there. Uh, okay. Memorable quotes. No. Memorable scenes and quotable lines. Yes. Uh, there are many. This, it's your typical 80s comedy chock full of quotes. Yes. Um, maybe the first one that I remember, right? Uh Back off, man. I'm a scientist. Back off, man. I'm a scientist. Yeah. Even when that came mm-hmm. on, when he said it, when we were watching them, yeah. oh, that was on every T-shirt and every yeah. everybody was saying that. Uh, he slimed me. I feel so one. funky. I feel so funky. Batman, what happened? Are you okay? He slimed me. Uh, that's a big Twinkie. According to this morning sample, it would be a Twinkie... 35 feet long, weighing approximately 600 pounds. <coughs> That's a big Twinkie. Yeah. That's a good one. I collect spores, molds, and fungus. I collect spores, molds, and fungus. Ghostbusters, what do you want? <laughs> Q 
human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Yep. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Are you the key master? Are you the key master? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Nice shooting, Tex. I, <laughs> it's so good. I said that this week. Yeah. Uh, literally, literally, every pickup basketball game I've ever played, I say that to somebody. <laughs> somebody will hit three in a row, and I, right. I, I say that for sure. Uh, we came, we saw, we kicked its ass. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. Oh, so great. <laughs> Aim for the flat top. Yeah. That's the Grace Jones, man. Uh, don't cross the streams. There's something very important I forgot to tell you. What? Don't cross the streams. That's a good one. That still is used today. Okay, who brought the dog? Hmm. <laughs> Anything else? Your big, our big discussion point the other night about our, who had the right understanding of the line. But is, is that a quote? It is. And it's. Okay. It, so, it, so when Egon is under, uh, what's her face's desk, Janine's desk. desk, he's connecting whatever horseshit technology they have and he comes out and he goes around the side and they're chit-chatting and he's plugging in this or fixing that and she, and, uh, she says oh you know uh, I'm an I avid reader or whatever you know I, I read all the time uh, what do you read or whatever and he goes um, print is dead yeah. and then he continues on to whatever the fuck he's, he's plugging in the computer yeah. yeah I bet you like to read a lot too print is dead Allison thought he said the printer is dead. Yeah. As in. Because he was work, he was under the desk and was, like fixing a computer or right. doing something. He but definitely says print is dead. He does. And I actually looked it up. Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting it is it was 1984 where he says print is dead. I know. How. How is print dead in a time when there is only print? Right. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. It, I mean, it's a fascinating, movies, TV, it's guess, a fascinating right? quote. Right. I've been like, I've been thinking about it really? since. Yes. A hundred percent. I'm like, what, did he look into a crystal ball? Like, right. How did he, how did they know to write that in 84? Yeah. So Eric. It's pre-internet. It's pre-cell right. phone. It's pre Home computers, like what? I know that's what was baffling me. So when this came up, I was I, I was making this argument, like, why would he say print is dead in 1984? There is only print. I mean, there's obviously TV and, and movies, but there was four channels and there was a, a movie once a week or whatever. How is he saying print is dead? You can say that today when right. there's everything else is electronic right. and does that count as print? I don't know, whatever, but. Yeah. How do you say that then? What does that mean? And we had no answer and we no. moved on. But yeah. uh, print is dead. Yeah. I think the other in terms of, I, I guess it's sort of a quote, but when they're in that ballroom and he pulls out the tablecloth, the flowers, flowers are, are still standing. standing. Yeah. It's fantastic. I've always wanted to do this. 
Yeah. It's filled with like sneaky little almost off camera asides that you don't think of, but when you're watching the movie, you know, they're coming. Yeah. Like little stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I did, of course, you know, just for the flat top. them finding the firehouse and the ectomobile Ray's enthusiasm for just mm-hmm. jalopies and flap houses is <laughs> like, <Flop> houses. <laughs> like so I, I didn't, you don't see it in the movie. Um, but in the research, I saw some of this, um, when Winston comes on board, he takes the role of the team's mechanic. Like he's working on the car. His role is I fix all the stuff or get the stuff running so that Egon can then focus on the innovation of the ghost busting equipment or whatever. Not that it matters, but uh, I was always like, why did they bring on Winston? Just another guy, but what is yeah. like, like what is his another set of hands? What's his lane? Yeah. What does he do? That, yeah. That, yeah. That's interesting. Whatever. Um, I did like that both Casey Kasem and his wife have cameos in the movie. Right. Yeah. His wife, that chick is ridiculous. I don't know what <laughs> is going on there. She's like, she's like a cartoon. Home. Yeah, she, she's a cartoon. Right. Yeah. And now they're all fighting over his wealth. Uh, okay. We have five people for the How Much Are They Worth game. And now, let's play the How Much Are They Worth game. Oh, I did not even think about this. No. Oh, no. We've tackled one of these in Spies Like Us. That, I have no idea. Yeah. Right. That, I haven't a clue. That slate is wiped clean, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> we are we're in a vacuum here. This it means nothing. We had the four people you'd expect plus the director. So mm-hmm. I've got Ivan Reitman, Harold Ramis, Sigourney Weaver, Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray. We are going to start with Ivan Reitman. Um, wait. Uh, Harold Ramis, Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, Sigourney and Sigourney. Weaver. Yeah. Um, okay. Ivan the Terrible. He's done a couple of things. But at the same time, I feel like it's been a long time. I, say, I don't know for sure, but he's done nothing recently that I can remember. <clears throat> Which is a shame. I don't know what happened to him or why that's the case. But <sighs> Ivan Reitman, he did all the movies in the eighties, basically. It was like him and John Landis and yeah. Steven Spielberg. He did a bunch, you know, a handful made of made everything. Yeah. His son now does all kinds of good movies. Right. Um, He's doing. Jason Reitman is doing the sequel. Uh, directed Ghostbusters Afterlife, right? Yeah, yeah. So it looked like looks like he's doing more producing than directing. Yeah. Well, yeah. He is like almost 80, right? So I get it. Where's he where has he been for the past? I don't know. Where was he in the early 2000s? 
Mm, it's all producing, I guess, right? Euro trip, hotel for dogs. I love you, man. Ugh. Oh, he directed Draft Day. Kind of like that movie. Yeah. Private Parts, Space Jam, producer, producer. Hey, he's all producers. Well, what does that mean? Oh, even stuff like Dave, Beethoven, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Producer, producer, no. producer. Twins. Yeah, Stripes. Kindergarten, co- directed Kindergarten Cop. Oh, God, he directed Junior. Oh, my God. Okay, so this is an 80s guy. Uh, and then everything else after that is essentially producing. Does producing get you more money than a director? I don't think so. I don't know about that. All right. Um, his list is extensive. I'm going to say... He doesn't own a studio, does he? I, I didn't see that. I don't even know what's the put for this guy. All right, I have a number and it's uh, it's kind of low. It's kind of low. Okay. Uh, Eric, do you have a number? I do. What do you um, got? Just <clears throat> based off the, he's got quite a few producer credits, and there's some pretty big movies there. I'll say seventy-five million. Oh. Oh, uh-oh. What'd you have? I wrote down 195 million. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think you two are closer than me. I undersold this guy by a lot. It might be criminal. I put 50. Mm. <clears throat> Ivan Reitman? I know. But I'm trying to do the reverse inflation the deflation of 84 dollars versus today i don't know what that means exactly but yeah. uh i'd originally written 175 oh, and then i'm like yeah, i feel like that's low all right for ivan reitman is a czechoslovakian film producer and director what wow czechoslovakian film producer and director who has a net worth of $100 million. Ah! Eric gets it. Wow. I, uh, yeah, that was something. I didn't really see that coming. Great, great, great. Okay, Harold Ramis. When we lived in Skokie, I saw him at the gym one day. Yeah. Yeah. He was on a bike. Eric? Oh, Harold Wright. Right. Oh, I just want to make sure you were there because it. Yep, I'm here. It was uh, 199 titles, lots of writing credits. Um, Harold Remus. I mean, he was behind uh, Groundhog Day. That's sort of. All you need to know right there. He wrote the screenplay for Bedazzled, so he got mm. Brendan Fraser taken care of there. That movie is horrific. Groundhog Day screenplay. Ivan Reitman is $100 million. Yeah, He wrote Caddyshack, Animal House. 
He was on family house. Okay. It's interesting when you're like on IMDb and you wish you could have a filter to sort yeah. the movies. Yeah. Like there's that many credits. Yeah. I mean, you can do it by producer or director or actor, but yeah. Uh, I've got a number. <clears throat> I have a number. I think I'm trying to get though. Move it up just a bit. All right, I've got a number. Okay, Al, what's your number? 120. Damn it. I'm low again. Because Ivan Reitman was 100, I put Harold Ramis at 91. Hmm. Eric, what do you got? 85. Hmm. 85. Okay, Harold Ramis was an American actor, director, writer, and producer with a net worth of, now I don't know if this is at the time of death or if they right. that adjusts after death because of what, I have no idea how that works with the states, but um, they've got them at 50 million. Mm. Huh. But Eric gets it again. Basically, by default, because we all were way over. Mm. All right. We can't have Eric sweep this. Let's everyone no. just concentrate and figure this out. Dan Aykroyd, right? Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. All right. Sigourney. I can't spell Sigourney, but that's okay. Yeah, she's, uh, she's all over the place, too. She's got that Avatar money. <laughs> Avatar money. Yeah. Alien, Galaxy Quest. It's she's she's got only four producer credits, so it's basically just her acting salary. Yeah. She is, <clears throat> believe it or not, she's in Avatar three, four, and five. According to IMDb. Three, yeah. four, and five. Sorry, two, three, four, and five. Yeah. There's a lot of them. I don't think that is uh, reflected in her numbers yet, but it's something. And spoilers, she's in Ghostbusters Afterlife, apparently. No big surprise there, but. Okay. She was in Dark, The Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. <laughs> she was in Copycat. <laughs> well, Squirrel Covers. Squirrel Covers. Galaxy Quest. Dave. Galaxy Quest is so underrated. Agreed. It's so... Yeah. Uh, Three hundred and ninety-four titles. She was in Chappie. I saw. <laughs> I just like the name of it. Mm. All right, I don't know. She don't was know in Annie guess. Hall as Alvy's date outside the theater. Wow. I don't even know how to categorize what she's doing here. Uh, 
I got a number. Actress, actress, actress. All right, I got something. Eric, what do you got? Or uh, do you have a number? I, I can go first. Uh, yes, I have a number. All right. Uh, 65 million. All right. I put her at 37. Mm. Al? I've got 75. I think I went low, but I was trying to factor it in. The fact that she's a woman and yes. she got ripped off? Yes. And also, a lot of her good stuff was earlier, so even more so. Uh, okay. Oh, Sigourney Weaver is an American actress who has a net worth of 60 million. Damn it, Eric. Eric. <laughs> this is starting to get unfair. It's like an ass kicking. Ooh, I haven't prepared. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, who are these people? <laughs> I have no idea. What's a dollar worth? I don't even I know. No. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd, oh. who we definitely have done before and we definitely don't remember. So that's oh. fine. He has that. He's got House of Blues. Skull vodka. He's got the Skull vodka. <laughs> Every Ghostbusters iteration has ever been. All the stuff. Mm, I'm not even going to look him up because who cares? Um, all right. I've written down a big number, which I've been doing all day and have been wrong. No, oh, you have been over. Every day. time I've been under mostly, I am usually under, and so I've been oh trying to go. I think I've only just been over like by really the close. least amount. Yeah, Ooh, I've nailed it every time. I've been only close, <clears throat> <laughs> I've only been the closest every single time I've tried. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Hmm. Hmm. I nailed it. What would you get into? <laughs> Man, it sucks. I've only won every round. All right. Uh, I've got a number. Al, you have a number. Yes. Eric's got a number. Uh, I'm going with 125 million. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Al, you have to say it now. Mm, 250. Shit. See, that makes me feel even worse. <laughs> Eric? Uh, Just say a billion so that we, you, we can win one. I'm putting you down for <laughs> $1.7 Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you say? I said $150. Oh, mm. Ooh. I mean, mm. Oh, no. Dan Aykroyd 
is a Canadian comedian, actor, screenwriter, and entrepreneur who has a net worth of $200 million. You and Eric tie, but the tie goes Son! to the under. Oh, Eric. <laughs> Damn it. This can't be a sweep. Come on. We got to figure this out. Oh, we have to like team up. Well, this is not the easiest one. Bill Murray. Talk about one of the quirkiest, nuttiest dudes out there. Yeah. Did he do Ghostbusters for a dollar? Who knows? Did he? I mean, what about Bob? Was he paid in a bag of hair? I, he I got have no that idea. Goldfish. <laughs> the goldfish. <laughs> I mean, it could be anything. Uh, he does. He doesn't have any kind of entourage. He's got no publicist, no agent, no nothing. So everything yeah. goes into his pocket. People can't even find. Like, they can't get a hold of him. He has an. I believe the story goes he has an 800 number yeah. where you leave a message yeah. and he'll either call you back or he won't. Yeah. Oh my God. So he's got all the Wes Anderson movies. Ghostbusters. I mean, Grand Budapest Hotel. I know. But he was so he's got Charlie's Angels. He's got ooh, 370 titles, 90 are actor credits. Oh, well, the timing is perfect. He was in the original Space Jam. Mm. <laughs> Whatever that's worth. Oh my god. I don't know about this guy. Producer credits seven. Nothing. Okay. See, the number on this guy could be eight hundred million, or it could be fifty-two thousand. I don't know what to make of this. All right. I've written down a number, and I might as well just—it's a lay complete down. stab or stab in the dark. Yeah. I mean, it is. Ackroyd's at two hundred, but that includes other sort of bullshit. Fucking Murray. Let me take one quick look here. Producer. Uh-huh. 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 Nothing. Great. I'm putting him down for make Eric say his first. Yep. All right, Eric, what's your number? 110 million. Mm. Mm. I said 174. Ooh, I said 125. Damn. I and knew. I had originally written 150, but I notched it down a bit. I expected to be high, but we'll see. Ooh, Bill Murray is an American comedian, actor, writer, and producer who has a net worth of $180 million. Oh! Hey! Thank the Lord. Oh, sad. No more sweeps. 
Wow. I have zero. <laughs> well, just like uh, any number of bad teams in the NBA, I got swept four to one. So there you go. It's not exactly a sweep, but it's a gentleman sweep. <clears throat> a gentleman sweep? That's what uh, a bunch of sports casting douchebags would call a four to one series as opposed to four zero. Uh, okay, Ghostbusters, 1984, holds up. Oh, we, we didn't talk about, because it doesn't matter, um, uh, what would you want to see in a sequel? No. There are enough, there's plenty. What you want to see is them going on another adventure yeah. of busting ghosts, so yeah. who cares what it is? The only, the, the only two things that I thought of, or I had written down, um, one is the use of the card catalog at the beginning would not be able to be used <laughs> as a um, no. yeah. it doesn't hold signal um, of anything. And then I'm like, Do, would our kids even know what a card catalog is these days? No, no. But it's going into a library to be perfectly honest. Yeah, it's, that's rare enough. The other thing that I had written down and I noticed that when I, we were watching the movie, I'm like, oh, my God, he's so young. And that was Larry King. Yeah, his, his first movie <laughs> appearance. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Relatively Larry. speaking, he's so young in that Poughkeepsie, movie. hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It, so Ghostbusters holds up extremely well. Yeah. Um, the original. It... Uh, it's very 80s in parts, but every, like in those small doses, everything else is it pretty, it's, it's sort of timeless for the most part because yeah. they're just running around being dopes. Um, I mean, if you throw cell phones into the mix, it doesn't really change anything. It just makes it you different. You love to bring that up. Yeah. The one thing I noticed was, and it would get changed now because I think people would hate the character too much mm. is how lechy Bill Murray is right. in the movie. Oh, of like course. very there's a, a touch of misogyny, there is a touch through of, the 2021 lens. Yeah, like that yeah. that and I, I never really paid attention to it, but I noticed it last night, like even like when they're in the apartment yeah, in her apartment, and she's like would you please leave? Yeah. And just, it, it is a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, through yeah. today's yeah. Uh, lens. Yep. Totally. Um, yeah. I think it was, it was good. Uh, rewatching it again. Uh, who solid. is the actor? I feel like I've seen him before at the very beginning who is getting the electroshock. Um, he I looks feel like, like seen him Rick Moranis' son. Yeah. It's definitely not, well, of course. A couple but. of wavy lines, but like that face looks like somebody I've seen before. Um, but I couldn't place it and then I forgot to look up and then who cares. But yeah. uh yeah, that was actually a pretty funny scene. Yeah. All right. Eric, anything else to add before we wrap up? Uh, yeah, I um I Enjoyed the uh, Harold Ramis has got some very sort of very subtle 
comedic moments yeah. that I always find very entertaining. Yeah. And it's always in the background. It's something really small, but I, when I watch him and he does something, some of those just make me laugh. Like when they're going into the ballroom, when they're like talking down the manager before they close the door, just sort of the reassuring smile on his face. Like everything's fine. No problem. It's sort of different than what any other, t- like his character throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah. It's, it's sort of a different sort of vibe, but at the same time I watch him and it makes me, it makes me laugh. And then it's, Harold Ramis is, it's his best acting performance. I think ever, even though yeah. it's a small part. I mean, he's, he's the third character, but he doesn't really do that much, but yeah. somebody else could have played it robotic or ultra nerdy he plays it just odd yeah and that's the yeah. off center yeah. and that's good enough for that yeah. that's, that's perfect yeah. for that character. it's and the the other joke that it kind of, it's not even really a joke per se but when he said it last night it kind of made me laugh is when they were they were climbing the stairs to the uh um to dana's apartment and they're and they're exhausted after going up 22 flights of stairs and they finally get to the to the right floor and they're all just sort of barely just dragging along and then they get into the hallway and he's like oh our deco very nice yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's such a weird thing to say but it yeah it it, it makes me like yeah there's harold ramus's work in that movie definitely stands out to me as being yeah. very funny. Yeah. yeah I like, I like like his signaling when they catch Slimer at the hotel and Bill Murray's like walking through the costs and he's like signaling. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. for entrapment, it's going to be, and he's like flashing like four fingers yeah. very subtly yeah. and yeah. like the subtle nods as he's mm-hmm. um, encouraging the conversation. Like yeah. all of that is really good. It's like all of his acting takes place in this small little box, but he's, yeah. he's fucking. Yeah. 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 All right. Ghostbusters in the books. It's a good one. It's a good one. It's a good one.